Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hello 2021, yes we made it! The sky didn't fall, we're still here! We have new intro music, it's quite snazzy if you ask me. We start the year with a podcast episode with Brendan, who's the host and founder of his own YouTube channel called Master Talks, all about how to improve your public speaking. It's a really great listen, so enjoy! Hello and welcome to my first guest of 2021, Brendan, hello! Hey, what's up man? I'm good, thank you. Um, I am cheating a little bit, I am recording on the December the 23rd so we technically we are still in 2020 but I I really wanted to plan ahead and use all my free time up as best as possible and try and get a few recordings in so uh, a little bit about you Brendan so where are you currently right now so I'm based in Montreal Canada ah so is it in my head it's lovely and snowy there like a proper Christmas should be is that what it's like slowly I mean it started snowing like a couple of days ago so now I guess I guess it's starting to shape up like what we see in the movies Lovely. Because in, in England, uh, a lot of the time we have these films that portray it as being in lovely little cottages all covered in snow. But it, it normally only snows here properly now come February, March. So it's not as ideal as you probably think. It's just a bit miserable. Um, but that's England at Christmas to kill any fantasies out there. So, Brendan, thank you again for taking the time um, to take uh, to be on my podcast. Uh, I know you're a very busy man. So I, I wanted to try and normally I ask my guests to introduce themselves, but I wanted to give it a bash and try and introduce you. So please let me know if I've missed anything out. I'm going to read this from my notes so I don't miss anything out. So you're Brendan. Um, you are the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel, a communications expert, helping people master public speaking and a business transformation consultant. Because you are a, a master of communication and public speaking, I'm trying so hard to be clear and concise. Because normally in my podcast, I mumble, I rant, and I talk very quickly, as I'm probably doing now. But I'm like, I'm feeling the pressure today to uh, speak clearly and properly. So have you got any plans for uh, New Year's? What would you, okay, here's a better question. What would you normally do at Christmas and New Year's? How would you normally celebrate? Yeah, I, I usually go to my, my cousin's house and we spend a lot of time together. We just, well, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. So, you know, it's, we don't do anything extravagant. We just spend quality time, order some good restaurant food and call it a day. But yeah. Nice. Oh, wicked. Oh, I lo- oh, that sounds like a dream. Yeah, normally uh, in Christmas in UK, we were allowed to go see family and friends, but we're on something called Tier 4 lockdown, where we aren't allowed to leave our household, basically. Thankfully, I'm living with my partner, and we're going to have our, our first Christmas together. Sadly, we would have seen his parents, but that's 
not going to happen now, but it's for the safety of everyone uh, so the virus doesn't continue to spread. So we've all got to make small sacrifices in our own little ways, I suppose, as no matter how much it sucks, we've still got to do it. Um, so I have um, introduced you, but I do want to dig into it a bit more. Can you explain to us properly what is Master Talks? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Master Talk is a YouTube channel I started to help people with their communication, public speaking skills. How I got started, James, was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were like playing footy or rugby or cricket, I wasn't really into any of that stuff. But I applied the same competitive spirit to presentations. So for three years, I presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people on their communication skills. So when I started working in the corporate world, kind of just asked myself a simple question, how do I make a difference in the world? That's when the idea for Master Talk came to be because I realized a lot of the information out there on communication is rubbish. You, know, you hear advice like, oh, you should be yourself or get up on stage. So I started making videos in my mother's basement. One thing led to another and the rest was history. Uh, nice. And where, other than YouTube, because obviously Master Talks is a YouTube platform. Other than YouTube, where do you um, present your, your work? Uh, I would say Instagram is probably another place I do it, but it's mostly, I would say it's mostly YouTube. That's probably where I spend 90% of my time. Nice. So I know we, you answered how you started, but how did you actually get into those? Um, was it case contest? Sorry. You got a case contest. Yeah. So how was that like a club or a, like a thing at university or a gathering? Yeah. I'm happy to add more value there. So, so essentially what that is, is a case competition. The business comes up to you and gives you a problem to solve. So they go, hey, James, you know, we need your help to get more people into McDonald's. A lot of healthy people are leaving the restaurant. They don't want to eat burgers anymore. So to get more people back into the store. So that's a good example. So let's say you're on a case team. You have three hours to read the entire problem, figure out a solution, make slides, do a risk and mitigation slide, do a financial statement, do all of these things. That at the end of the three hours, by the way, you don't have access to internet. You have to present to the actual executives of the company. So I'm sure you're thinking, who in the world would do this for fun? That doesn't sound like uh, <laughs> something people do for Christmas, right? But uh, let's just say that was my, that was what I did, right? It's like a subculture and a subculture. And uh, I was addicted to them. And that's how I got uh, as good as I am today in communication. Would you say you're a relatively competitive person then? Yeah, I'm a pretty competitive guy. And it, but it, it has served me well in life because I was able to transition a lot of that competitive energy into master talk and really execute that at a high level. And would you be working in teams or is it a purely solo sport, for a better word? You got it. It's teams of three to five, depending on what the competition is. But yeah, it's literally, let's say one person's reading it, other person's making the slides and you're all pretty much yelling at each other for three hours. And then you deliver exceptionally at the end of it. Did you ever have to take on a subject that you didn't necessarily agree with, but then had to still find a way to best know how to argue its point? Oh yeah, great question. There's definitely like once I got a weed case, and I never, I never, I've never smoked in my life, so I didn't know anything about the industry. But you don't have access to the internet, so you can only rely on the case. So I said a lot of stupid things in that Q and A. Like I just didn't. I just didn't know the, the sector, but it's great training, right? It keeps you, it makes you resilient. So that when you get topics you're more familiar with, like, you know, you can ask me anything about communication. I'll probably know something about it, 
But if you ask me what my favorite fruit is, I'll just go, oh, whoa, no one's asked me that. So, so, it's, so that's the key. You get better over time. How is your knowledge on weed now? Are you, are you more educated in the area? No, still zero. <laughs> Fair enough. Each to their own. Um, so how, what did you get out of it personally then? Like, did you start to see changes in your, um, your confidence, your motivation, your, how you present yourself? And I guess more importantly, did you notice other people starting to notice it about you? Yeah, absolutely. Like I knew I, I realized I had a gift in communication probably a year into the program. There's just things I just intuitively knew how to do in presentations that most people didn't think to do. In the same way, by the way, there's a lot of aspects of case competitions that I didn't know anything in that a lot of my colleagues knew a lot more than I did. So essentially what happened is I started coaching a lot of these people myself because nobody, we didn't have the resources for a speech coach. So I would go up to each person, I would teach them how to speak. And that's how I developed the curriculum for a master talk and what it ended up becoming. Nice. And have you have you noticed a change in since you started recording um, in your basement? To what I from what I can tell is a very lovely living room from the latest videos on your YouTube. Have you noticed? Um, have you learned new skills about editing and uploading, or did you was like something you already kind of knew about already? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely not my mother's basement anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so what happened after James was um, after I practiced for a year and I got decent on camera. Luckily, I'm just I'm just lucky. I have I have the right friends in the right places. And one of my buddies just happens to know the guy who owns that suit shop. So he said, "Oh, why don't we just record?" And so uh, my friend Danny has done a lot for me in this in this journey of mine. But I think the idea is I didn't really do any editing. You know, I knew what I was good at. And I knew what I wasn't. And what I was good at is presenting content and creating it. And I was bad at everything else, like every other thing. So so Danny actually records and edits all my videos now. Well, thank you, Danny, wherever you may be. Um, <laughs> have you been um, doing this? Have you spoken to people that you wouldn't necessarily speak to? I guess normally you, we would never have spoken in the world if, we, if I wasn't doing a podcast and you weren't doing Master Talks. So have you come across any interesting characters along the way? Oh, yeah. I've met some so all the way from complete weirdos that just freak you out to super interesting people. There's actually a lot of people I've met through podcasts like this, back to your point, that I never would have met otherwise that i'm lifelong friends with now we get on calls yeah. like every couple of weeks and we talk strategy we talk uh, dumb shit and we talk about just having fun so so lots of great uh, lots of great memories absolutely uh, nice and uh, back to the case uh, case contest is that something you still is that something you do as a professional or is that more of a university thing definitely more of a university thing but what a lot of people do i unfortunately don't have time for it anymore but most people what they do is after they start working corporate their give back to the community is they go and coach the next year's teams. Oh, wow. Yeah. The only reason I don't is just because I'm, I'm using my free time to build master talk in the YouTube channel, but a lot of my friends still do that. Nice. When you're not doing master talk and your YouTube channel, then what is it? What is your day job? I'm a, I'm a technology consultant at IBM. What, what is I, I, I know what those words mean, but I don't know that what you do. What, what if you, could you break that down for us? Yeah, basically. So, so a good way of thinking about what a technology consultant does is they do three main things. The first one is they run workshops for clients. So let's say me, I got my headset, I'm presenting to different clients across the world on the solution that we're selling, like the solution that we're implementing in the company. That's one. Second one is selling the solution, going up to new types of clients. So you get to talk a lot with executives, even if you're fairly young, that's a great opportunity for consulting. You get to meet a lot of great folks. 
And then the third thing is just collaboration, you know, working as a team, delivering great solutions, delivering what this what the client needs from us. So that's a good way of kind of summarizing what consulting is in a nutshell. Nice. And looking at your website, I noticed you've done a number of various motivational speaking, sorry, you've done a various motivational talks and talks on public speaking itself. How, when you started out, have you always been confident and always had stage presence or did you also have to learn how to get on stage and how to talk to people properly? Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely not. You're right. Like I was terrible when I started, <laughs> right? I was horrendous. Like just to give you an idea, so I'm born and raised in Montreal and in Montreal, you need to know the French language if you want to be successful. I didn't know French. So my parents looked at me and they said, you got to learn this language. So they put me in a French education system. And obviously that's been great for me. But I had to present in a language I didn't know my whole life. So you'd see me in grade one or grade two kind of look at the crowd and going, bonjour. And that was my life for like pretty much all of it. So, no, I, I definitely did start as a confident speaker. And that's why I'm so passionate about this. Because if I could do it, why can't you? That's that's insane. I mean, because it's always easier to learn a separate, a different language when you're younger. So I suppose to do it when you're a little bit older, that must have been quite challenging. I, I we, We're taught, uh, well, we're meant to be taught French and Spanish and various other languages in high school. But I was useless at it. So I don't, I, I don't know how you've managed to do it. It's just one, I barely speak English. So through one ear and out the other, unfortunately. I wish I could speak another language, but sadly, that's not one of my gifts. On your YouTube channel, you um, talk about a various range of subjects in regarding um, how, to, how to overcome stage fright and how to control your pace and how to be just generally more confident with each other. One video that stood out to me the most was when you talk about how karaoke influenced how you use it in public speaking. So my, my biggest question i really wanted to ask you were what are your top three karaoke songs because you don't actually mention it in the video i was that's what i was holding out for and we didn't get it i don't i, I didn't want to share it <laughs> uh, out of like out of fear that i get copyright infringement or something but uh, uh, but but yeah the my top three oh that's a tough one man there's so many i bet no one's asked you that question before no one has you're correct you're, you're right on that one you get you get the plus one champions of happy you're, you're hearing it first today all the important questions all the important questions. I actually have to think through that. I would say one of them for sure. It's probably some something around Sean Paul. I just like I like Sean Paul's stuff. Probably like a temperature or like a get, get busy. Get busy is the one. That's the one. That's definitely uh -oh. one of them. Another one is uh, Taylor Swift's Love Story. That one is just oh. that one's like the best. We're like we're like. Uh, anyways, I shouldn't probably tell you what happens in that karaoke, but it's a lot of fun. We get really close really fast. Especially when you play that song. The third one is, I'm debating. It's either a Justin Bieber song or a Sean Kingston. Uh, this is tough. This is actually this is actually the hardest question I've been asked to be on because I got I got, it's like picking between your children that I don't have. But uh, it's uh, you know, it would probably something. It, it, okay, I'm. This is going to be weird, but so so since you watch the video, you know I can karaoke in eight different languages. So the other the other third, I look at you like very serious. Yeah, I know. Hmm. It's very it's very normal behavior. I did my research. Hey. <laughs> no, but no, I know you did your research. It's funny that you said it nonchalant. You're like, yeah, it's like it's like eating eggs for breakfast. Yeah, he just he just karaoke is in eight languages. It's just a regular day. <laughs> so so yeah, the the third thing, it's probably a Korean song. Probably uh, Big Bang is a, is a big Korean um, ba band in the world. 
so they have a song there's so many to choose from but like all of them are amazing but i can give you one like a bad boy is really good I think I know that song, actually, weirdly. I don't know why. Why do I know that song? Oh, they're pretty yeah, big. That rings a bell. They're, yeah. they're pretty big internationally. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Oh, nice. I know you didn't ask, and but I'm sure the listeners are dying to know. Mine are The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Um, yes, I love that me up, Buttercup, and uh, probably Toxic by Britney Spears, because I'm yes. a basic gay. Um, yeah, so there you go, world. Um, how, how, when was the last time you did karaoke? Unfortunately, uh, too long ago. Too long ago. I, I didn't get the chance oh. to to get, to meet my pals because you know uh, who does karaoke on their own. I mean, I do. Uh, it's great for pronunciation, but it's not as fun. No, so it's been it's been a long time, like maybe ten months or something. Well, after we're done recording, we'll uh, we'll get the karaoke machine on. We'll turn <laughs> the disco ball on, and we'll have a good time. It's, it's get, not, I've got the wine. Not, so. It's not the same, James. It's not the same. But not I appreciate the, the effort. It's not the same. <laughs> We're so like you mentioned you... as we Oh no! Don't cry. We're happy. We're happy here. Oh, um, like, you better be happy. <laughs> <laughs> very strict on this podcast. Everyone okay. must be happy. So you said you can sing in eight languages. What are those eight languages? Yeah, so I can speak three. So English, French, and Tamil. In addition to those three, I can karaoke in five other ones, which is Mandarin, Korean, Hindi, Japanese, and Spanish. So how can you? So do you know? How... So I guess my question is, how can you sing in those languages, but you, you're not fluent in them to talk? The trick is to sing the same la- song over and over again and just focus on the pronunciation. So in Korean, this is called Hangul, which is basically an English. It's English, but it shows you how to pronounce the words in Korean in English. Huh. So let's say, for example, like there's a Korean like letters. It shows you what it sounds like in English. So this is what you say in English for it to sound like that. So let's say, for example, uh, I'll give an example in Japanese. Ohayou gozaimasu, genki desu ka? So that's, um, hi, how are you? No, sorry, that's good morning, how are you? Right? So notice how my pronunciation is, actually, you wouldn't know, but my pronunciation is, is solid on that. But that's not something I know. I don't, I don't actually know. how. If I saw the, the words in Japanese, I wouldn't know that says good morning, how are you? But I know how to say it. Right? Same thing with uh, Korean is nasio which is high in, in Korean. So once again, I don't know what it looks like in Korean letters, but I know what it sounds like and how to pronounce it. Ah, interesting. Uh, the only Japanese I know is, uh, oh God, Konnichiwa, <laughs> Arigato. That's it. That's pretty good. Ichi-ni-san, su Roka. Rock? I don't know the rest, but uh, that's, oh, okay. yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how to speak the language. So like, for example, I'll give you a quick funny story. We're doing a lot of firsts on the, on the show, man. You should be you should be proud. But anyways, I, I was in Italy, right? And and everyone in Italy, a long time ago when I went there, they thought I was Italian because I'd walk in a room and I would go, Buongiorno, come stai? Molto bene, Eli. Dove è la banca? Dove è la banca? So I'd just be like, you know, like, it's basically, hi, how are you? Where's the bank? Where's the bathroom? Right? Like, but like, that's it. But if, if but when they said, oh, you see, Italiano, I'd just be like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just be like, "What, bro?" They'd be like, "Oh no, this guy's just not." Yeah, so 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 I'm good at pronouncing words. It's just practice. You just practice the same words. So people can look this up on YouTube. They're called polyglots. These are people who speak a lot of languages, like sometimes 12, 13, 15 languages. Like there's this guy named Tim Doner on on, on he did a TED talk. He speaks twenty two different languages. So it's very interesting. Speaking of um TED talks, are there any um? events or public speaking arenas or 
arenas? Areas that you, I don't know what, what you call them in your world, but are there any places that you have on your bucket list, dream list that you'd like to present at? Hmm. Not really in terms of specific places. Like, I'm not the kind of guy who goes like, I want to be on Madison Square, uh, what did they call it, Garden or something? MSG? Uh-huh. Right? Like, no, I'm not like big on like, oh, if I get to this venue, I made it. No, I could just go visit and sit outside of it. Like, I made it. It's fine. No, for for me, for me, the big, the big goals that I dream about is, um, is, is, is increasing the following on the YouTube. And the reason that's important to me is not just because of vanity metrics. Obviously, it's great to show off of a big ego because I'm in my mid-20s. But, but the real reason is because I can impact people who can't afford me. Because, you know, even if I'm speaking on a state, obviously, that'd be great. You know, I'd love to speak to 1,000, 10,000 people one day. I'm pro- I've probably done a couple of hundred now, which is still pretty good. But, you know, I, I think for me, it's like, if I have 10 million subscribers, it means that every human being who wants to learn communication can do it for free. That's what, that's what really excites me about, uh, about the medium and about making a difference. So this is not a COVID podcast, um, although it is heavily wrapped in within COVID. So obviously 2020 has been challenging for everyone across the world. Have you had to face any challenges yourself with work and how you best put yourself out there and deal with clients and how have you addressed those issues? Yeah, of course, James. Lots of challenges. You know, I'm, first of all, let me just say I'm, I'm very lucky that no, nobody in my family that I know of got affected with COVID, which is great. So, so knock on wood, that's great. But, but I think for me, the biggest thing was, um, yeah, managing work and 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 YouTube. It was really challenging for me to get my YouTube videos out on time while working a full time job because I was doing all these things at the same time. We couldn't meet, you know, I couldn't meet my video editor, so we had to like find sneaky ways of getting in touch and like meeting at like undisclosed locations. It was, it was really hectic, right, to to get all of this done. So yeah, it's it's definitely been a stressful year, like most people. But I think the the lesson I want people to take away is if you're listening to this show, your life is probably really good. You know, if you have if you have water, if you have food to eat, you're already better than like so many so many people out there. You know, so I think my advice to people is just um, don't don't think 2020 is canceled because it wasn't. Because a lot of as if you can get a, go to a bank get a loan back for it, like that's not how life works, right? So my advice is just reinvest the time use it and and make yourself better even if you can't do the things you can do instead of just being closed-minded about it say what else can i do like before covid i never used to, i never guessed it on podcast i didn't even know that was a thing i was like who would have me on their show right i was just i'm just some kid in a basement right so i'm just gonna do my speaking engagements but when my speaking engagements got canceled pretty much no other choice i was like might as well try this thing might as well take the leap so even someone like me who has an established youtube channel i was still scared of being a guest on a show Right, so so we all have fears in one way or another. So that's a really that's a really great way of putting it. Like you said, I probably wouldn't have made this podcast had the pandemic not happened. It purely came out of a moment of I need a creative project right now, and I need new people to talk to. And I now trick people into coming to a podcast. So I've got someone to talk <laughs> to for an hour. So so you're stuck now for an hour at least. Um, yeah, jeez. But- <laughs> I should have asked for thirty minutes. I would have escaped by now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's, there's no getting away just that quick. You probably noticed that I am quite good at saying my ers on my ers. And seeing as you are an expert in communication, I would be stupid not to take advantage of trapping you in this podcast episode. How can I best stop umming ari? And is it actually that bad of a thing to do? It's definitely not ideal. Like I think at the end of the day, it's like it's. I'm a big fan of the eighty twenty rule, right? I don't have hard rules, in the sense of, 
if you get most of the ums and ahs out, pretty good. Like, if you say 60-minute speech and you say, like, five ums and ahs or 10 or even 15, that's still pretty good, in my opinion. It's not the end of the world. I, th- I think the issue with most people is they say a lot more than 15. Right? They say a lot more than that. So, so there's, a, there's a way to easily fix this. The trick is, let's understand first why we say filler words. The reason we say filler words, James, is because we want to buy time. So James asked me a question, and I go, uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, here's my answer. Right. So we use filler words to buy time in the way that we are and the way that we speak. However, what the best speakers in the world do is to, say, to buy the same amount of time, they say nothing. And the secret that the best speakers don't tell you is that we can pause forever without ever making it seem awkward. That's what we've mastered, right? So the advice is simple. For you, James, It's good. for everyone, it's go to somebody in your house and stare at them for five minutes and don't make a sound. And for you, it's go up to your partner and stare at her or him for five minutes and just say nothing. Oh, I've done that to him a number of times, and he will often push me away. <laughs> there you go. So I'm keen for attention. So. Try try this for some with somebody else then, maybe a friend, maybe. But the point is, most people can't keep it up for five minutes. Most people can't do it long enough. They they give up. After, they go, uh, uh, let me look at my phone. Let me. But uh, but if you could do that for that long, and just say nothing. Like absolutely nothing. It makes you more comfortable with pausing for you don't have to pause for five minutes at a presentation. But I mean it prepares you so that when you pause for two or three seconds, you can start replacing your filler words with nothing. Interesting. I'm gonna have a five minute pause and just stare at you then. This would be great for the podcast. Okay, yeah, so this was, that won't work very well for a podcast, so I'll, I'll do that on yeah, someone else. It wouldn't but work I, on could, me that well, because I could go I was for looking, like an hour. <laughs> I was looking you dead in the eye there, and I, I could feel something. I could feel, feel I felt a moment. So as, a, as doing, doing what you do, what do you personally get out of it? Like, I'm not going to err, I'm not going to err, I'm going to pause. As a person, I mean, obviously it's your job and it's, your, um, it's what you do for a career, but for yourself... What do you get out of it? You know, a lot of people think that I'm very altruistic or philanthropic with Master Talk. That's not true at all. You know, obviously, it helps a lot of people. It serves a lot of people. That's not untrue. I mean, I, I do release a lot of content. I'm generous with it. But the reason I do it is for selfish reasons. For without Master Talk, who am I? Right? You know, right? Because because after after university ended, it, it's it's harder for you to understand, James, because you're not in that world, but I'm, ha- I'm happy to clarify. A good, a good analogy here, because I know it's weird, is when somebody leaves case competitions, it's like a professional sports athlete retiring. So let's say like you're, let's say you work, you're in like the NBA, you're in your favorite sport, you're, you're you know, people are screaming your name. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't recreate that for the rest of your life. Like when you're done playing the game, it's over. Do people cheer and scream your name at case conferences? Yeah, but on a much smaller scale. So instead of 40,000 people, we do it with each other, right? It's not just okay. Right? <laughs> All right, let's not uh, let's not get crazy here. But my name was definitely in the bucket, right? Yeah, like, I'm not going to hide that one either. But it was the point is like, you know, it's maybe 100 people, 200 mm-hmm. people. So like people look up to you as like the king of cases. Right, you're like you're like the you're the person who goes to these competitions and like all across the world, you're 
coaching all these international teams. You have this purpose. But when the game's over, when school's over, you can't compete anymore, right? It's it's the next kids in line now. In the same way that it's like the young athletes who take up the new seats in the NFL or all the other sports. So you lose the game. And what I learned from case competitions, James, is I love the game. Like other people get their happiness from, you know, sitting at home and having fun and, you know, maybe, you know, drinking a nice cocktail, you know, enjoying the the delicacies of life. See, I'm I'm in that small percentage of people who just don't get off that. Like I mm-hmm. need something big. Like I need to go after like something powerful. I need to do big things with my life. And another good example I can give you is I don't know if you've seen the documentary Free Solo. Basically, it's this guy named Alex Honold, and he does what we call it. Do you know what uh, free solo climbing is? I do not know. I'm happy to explain. So rock climbing, as I'm sure you probably know, right, is, you know, you're climbing rocks and you got rope. But free soloing means you climb. I I can see you already caught on. You climb without rope. Nope. Nope. No, no. It's not for you, James. Don't worry. I'm a wimp. I'm a wimp. dude, Dude, even I'm a wimp. I'm in the same thing. So people actually do this, which means, just so, so your audience is crystal clear what free soloing implies, you make one mistake in the climb and you die. What? That's basically what it is. Right? So once again, tonight now, Brendan. It's okay. <laughs> never going to do it. And by the way, Brendan's never going to do it either. Right? <laughs> this is not... I'm, I'm in that percentage of people who wants to do big things in life, but I, I'm, I'm using it as an analogy for something else. So this Alex guy, Alex Honold, okay? He's the world's best free solo climber. Okay, he 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 free soloed a wall called El Capitan. It's one of the biggest walls. He free soloed it. That means if he made a mistake, he dies. Okay, it's like a six-hour climb. Okay, I know it's scary. Just go watch the trailer, and you'll vomit in your mouth. You don't even have to watch the movie. Go watch. The movie. I'm doing it now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the reason why I'm telling you this story. Okay, that documentary not only changed my life, but a part of that 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 documentary understood who I was. Like it really made me understand who I was as a person. And he was sitting in his kitchen with his girlfriend. And basically what he was saying, I'm going to play him now. He said, me and my girlfriend get happiness from completely different ways. She gets it from comfort, from family time, from shopping, from buying a new house, from living in comfort. That's great. But I get happiness from doing great things. For 10 years, I did not want to free solo that wall. I did not want to go up Capitan. Every time I thought about free soloing it, I said, no way in hell I'm going to do it for 10 years. Until one day, I asked myself the question, what if I did accomplish it? What would lie on the other side of that? Other kids would grow up and want to climb something bigger. He literally sounds deranged, James. He sounds completely deranged. Like that makes no sense, except to people like me. I just get it, right? And for me, that doesn't manifest as free solo climbing, but it manifests as guest on hundreds of shows, do hundreds of videos, do something so that when you die, people can learn from you forever on public speaking, disrupt the industry. Some people just have that bug. I just happen to be one of those people. So so yeah, without Master Talk, I'm nothing. So that's my selfish incentive, my friend, is just uh, doing something important for people who need it. I, I I like how you ended that sentence. I I I I 
truly believe there's more to you than master talk you're not nothing without it but what you provide to people who watch your youtube channels for me especially because i used to have speech therapy as a child as i'm pretty sure anyone listening can probably tell i mumble i rant i blah 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 um so having your source of um your knowledge and your video content to listen to and actually trying to understand what i can try and do to less ums and ahs and to pace myself is really great and when i when you first messaged me on um match fm not sponsor um i was really interested like oh this isn't a guest i would have a type of guest i would normally have thought about having on a podcast but i'm really glad you we both reached out because i then got to watch all your well majority of your youtube videos and i oh thank you a lot myself and i'm like oh i get this and i was like and i I guess at first there's a bit of hesitation because like Oh, I don't want to do self improvement. I don't. I, I'll just mumble through. You're champions actually... of happy. How can you not do self improvement? <laughs> ah, well, you know, we all get happiness from different ways. Some people watch a lot of YouTube videos, and some people drink wine. Um, some people. Oh, I do it. now. I, now I can hear myself saying um more often. I need to get like a rubber band and like slap myself every time I do it. <laughs> and the pressure is on because I'm I, talking to my. I would never commend such techniques. <gasps> this year has been a bit challenging um for everyone what are you most looking forward to doing the moment everything's back to normal normal and you can see people again and what are you eager to run out and do do restaurants and dinners with my friends i'm, I'm not once again i'm a very simple guy obviously there's so many countries i was planning on traveling this year didn't happen a lot of stuff's great but i think the biggest thing i miss is just yelling at my friends over a nice dinner so once covid's over i'm gonna talk i'm gonna have dinner with them every single day to make up for all the lost time What's your favorite kind of food to go out and eat? Oh, once again, another, another question. I bet. Yeah, another first. You're good. Right You're good there. at this, man. You got to got to You got a talent. I think it's the wine that's really helping you get to that. I mean, it's true. <laughs> favorite food is uh, lots of things. Uh, mostly for me, it's really bang for my buck. So I'm I'm big on Korean food. Korean food's the best. Like we just oh, I haven't had Korean food. Oh, now you're making me hungry. I haven't had that in like ten months. Really tough. But anyways. Um, besides that, uh, sushi, I'm big on sushi buffets, not the high quality sushi. Let the rich people deal with that. Even if I am actually doing well financially, but screw it, whatever. Like I'm really big on the sushi buffets. That's great. And yeah, burgers and fries can't go wrong with that. Have you ever attempted to make your own Korean or sushi? No, I'm not. Cooking is definitely not one of my talents. <laughs> or attempting, attempting cooking is not one of my talents <laughs> You mentioned there were places you were gonna, you were hoping to travel to this year. Where, where were you hoping to go? Yeah, so for me, I'm, I'm a bit peculiar in the way that I travel. Uh, in the same way that you're kind of like, ah, eh, sometimes I want to do self development on the show. I'm the opposite. That's all I do. So for me, when I travel, I actually don't travel to sightsee anymore. I only travel for conferences. So for example, I let the conference locations choose where I travel. So like, I'll give an example. There's an event called Mind Valley University which is a 30-day event. So it's basically a university that props up for 30 days and people from around the world come and like sing Kumbaya and like have dinners together. It's like super cool. So I've wanted to go this year for the first time. I was in Amsterdam this year, but obviously because it got canceled because of COVID. So next year it's going to be in Estonia. So I'm going to go to Tallinn next year. That's one of the locations I'm going. And another one is Jordan, probably in the Middle East. So I'm just going to wherever the, the conferences are. For me, the, the experience of traveling is really about meeting super cool people. So meeting people who spend who spend that much time because you have to be really committed to like take a flight to that specific event to attend that conference. So those are the people I want to spend my my lifetime talking to before I, it's my time to go.
Have you been to conferences in the past? Oh, yeah. Just more on, the, on a local scale. So one I went to was in Columbus, Ohio, which is like in the middle of nowhere. But it's for a podcaster named Lewis House. He has a show called The School of Greatness. And there's like a thousand people, thousand five hundred people at this event. Out of the millions of people listen to, there's like a thousand five hundred who like spend time to fly out to that event. Man, that event changed my life. Do you meet a lot of the same people at the conferences, or is it always a, a bit different? I've been surprised. A lot of them are the same. Probably ten percent of them are the same. But the other ninety percent is is unique to that person's community. So let's say I go to Lewis's event, I generally don't go to the other person's event. Whereas I'm different. I, the, but the ten percent like me go to everything. Or try to, uh, whenever possible, because it's it's very profitable for us too. Because I end up meeting a lot of clients there too, so it's 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 a good like double edged sword. I, I met my business partner too, and a lot of people I fell in love with. It's just a lot of great, just a lot of great like love, man. Just great. I imagine when this is all over as well, touch wood, whenever it happens, it's going to be even bigger and better, and everyone's going to be just gagging for it, and oh, it will yeah. be even more fun because you've all been clawing to go there. Have oh, there been? Yeah. Have there been any like online or I know I know everyone's sick of Zoom calls now and Zoom quizzes, but have there been any alternative online events? Oh yeah. So I'm actually an advisor for this company called Hi right now. What they did that was really smart is instead of Zoom calls, they create these free public events. So anyone who's listening can go to them. And it's like they have like one free one every week that you can attend. And you meet nine people in the hour. So I work as it's like six minute video chats. And then the people you really vibed with, you really connected with, you can have an offline conversation with them after. So let's say you meet nine people and seven of them, you're like, eh. But the other two, you're like, oh. It's like, like speed these- dating. Yeah, you got it. It is speed dating, but for for, 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 for friendships. Speed uh-huh. friendships. That's what we need right now, speed friendships. We can't but, touch anyone, so... But we're still we're still waiting. That's what I was telling the CEO. I was like, we're still waiting on a couple to get... Like, if, if that happens, like, and they get married, that'll be a huge marketing campaign for all of us. <laughs> that's just, that's like, just a joke, but uh, yeah. How to talk your way into love. That must be a franchise, surely. Um, must be a thing for someone. Yeah, I mean, the CEO is experimenting for dating, like with, like, dating, uh, like, using the event platform, but that's not the main purpose. It's really just mm-hmm. to meet people like so i've met like dozens of new friends like like literally that I, some people like a small group that i'd consider family literally it's crazy yeah that i met like on a screen <laughs> like I it's, it's a weird when you get to meet them in person when they're in 3d it's like oh there's there's more to you than yeah i'm like touching them and they're like <laughs> uh what two meters two meters um so on back on your youtube channel had uh, back in the day and not many people know this because I've taken all of my videos down. I was a bit of a YouTuber. I had the early noughties typical YouTuber fringe that went over my eye. I had mastered the, hey guys, and welcome to my podcast. Comment below. Have you? And the YouTube has changed so much since I used to do YouTube. It's, it's a whole new beast. Have you found integrating onto YouTube quite easy and smooth and contacting because when people con- comment on your videos the, the urge is to reply and comment back and has that also been quite nice to see the feedback come in yeah absolutely I, i'd even push as far as to say without the feedback i would have gave up a long time ago because i think that's the challenge with youtube is like you don't because most people when they start something i don't blame them we all think our ideas are stupid and i'm not an exception to this rule i mean who's gonna watch public speaking youtube videos in a basement Right, but then over time, when people like yourself go, I actually watched all of them. Here's the tips. I was like, "Oh, this guy's actually not not lying to me." 
He's actually mm-hmm. watched. He's actually watched all. So that's but that's what happened when I had seventeen subscribers. When I had ten subscribers, I knew who those ten people were. It's like my mom and you know the seven other people that I knew. But because they kept saying to keep making it, they kept watching it. I knew I was onto something. That's what kept me going. And then you know, ten turned to a hundred, and the rest is history. But yeah, that's what I recommend people do: is have dinner with the people you're serving. That's the best way to grow your YouTube channel. I know I've been big on dinners in today's show. Maybe I mean, because I'm so hungry now. Yeah, now me too. It's you really brought this out. It's really good. Really good on you. But uh, the the key is the reason why dinner is so important with with the people you speak to, and this is metaphorical for coffees or just meeting them, is it allows you to dive into their minds. What do they dream about? What do they aspire to be? Like people ask me, how do I how do I find my content ideas? I'm not a genius. I just ask friends i was like what are you you're watching my stuff what's missing so one of them goes well brendan why don't you break down like famous speakers and i was like oh yeah yeah i should probably should have thought of that one that was good i was like it's like why didn't i think of that i'm like <laughs> right so so yeah that's the king talk to your audience have you ever considered going on a platform such as tiktok which is what all the young people are doing these days. I'm far too old for that now. I'm in my I'm 30. I can't do TikTok. It's too you're hard. 30? No way. I thought you were mid-20s. Okay, cool. Oh, stop it. Keep going. On. <laughs> oh, you're you can funny, stay. You can... <laughs> you're too hilarious, man. Hilarious. I love it. But yeah, no, I tried TikTok. I hated it. So I, gave <laughs> I, 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 I see a lot of people on TikTok and I just, I don't know, have the patience for it. And I just, I like, uh, uh, thinking of content that much that quickly that fast is like uh i'm gonna do a podcast like twice a month that's that's enough twice a month that's all i need to do so we are unfortunately coming to the end of the podcast thank you so much for your time and for telling us your stories and whatnot how can people find you how can we best stalk you on social media of course james you know the best way to stalk me is definitely the youtube just type master talk in one word and you'll find me right there Amazing. And you've got a website as well, which also has all your links to everything you have, which is super helpful when you're a podcaster trying to do your research. I wish all my guests had a website with all their content there, which in one nice, tidy place. So definitely check out Master Talks and Brendan's fantastic work on people speaking and motivation. Brendan, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time today talking absolute, absolute nonsense about karaoke and whatnot. Uh, I hope it hasn't been too painful. Uh, so thank you very much. Thanks, James. Such a pleasure to be on. And there we have it, the first episode of Champions of Happy 2021. I hope you really enjoyed that. Make sure you go check out Brendan's content on Master Talks. For all updates on this podcast, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram simply by searching Champions of Happy. You can help spread the news about the podcast and all things happy and kindness by going to iTunes and giving us a five-star rating and maybe say something you like about the podcast. That's all for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 